From LA Times Studios, this is The Real. I'm Travel Anderson, in for Mark Olson, who's having a much-needed vacation right now, and I'm joined this week by my colleagues. I'm Jen Yamato. I'm film reporter, along with Travel. Happy to be here. I'm Chris Barton. I'm a TV and pop culture reporter, and I'm happy to be here, too. Thank you both for joining us. This week, all everyone is talking about is Donald Glover, Kanye West, This Is America. So that's what we're going to do today. I want to first start by talking about Donald Glover, right? Some people know Donald Glover for, you know, being the Emmy Award-winning creator, director, star of the show Atlanta on FX. Other people know Donald Glover actually as Childish Gambino, his kind of musical alter ego person. This past weekend, he both hosted SNL and was the musical guest. I think this year is the first time we're seeing a lot of people kind of interact with Donald Glover as both Donald Glover and Childish Gambino. Chris, I know you've covered music before and you're familiar with who Childish Gambino is. How would you compare the two personas if they're different at all? Well, at this point, I don't know if there is a separation between the two. At one point, like, you got to think with Donald Glover, he began with cameos on 30 Rock when he was on the writing staff there, and then he went to Community, and that's around when Childish Gambino started happening. And when you think about that as a musical project, the name came from, I read it was a Wu-Tang Clan name generator website. Right. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was just, it's, it definitely had all the hallmarks of just being a goof for an actor, particularly for a comic actor, because there definitely was that sort of point of view reflected in his music. And I mean, there was an album called Because the Internet, and he was he's kind of been categorized at that point as like hashtag rap. And right around the time with Awaken My Love, it seemed like his musical project and his, I don't know, the results of what he was giving out got a lot more serious. I mean, that was very informed by Parliament Funkadelic and sort of a 70s funk sound. And uh, Redbone, the lead single, was in Get Out. So just the profile was huge for him. And now between like the Emmy and I I can't remember, I think he got like a golden, yeah, he got a golden globe. Golden globe as well, yes. Yeah, for for Atlanta. The stakes are even higher for what he's doing musically as well. And it seems with This is America, he, he has met it. Definitely. And so now, as I mentioned, most people's kind of first interaction with This is America was Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, performing it on Saturday Night Live. I know that's how you first saw it. Uh, Chris, what was your initial reaction when you saw that? And then we'll get into the music video. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good one, I think, for all of us, because it was sort of a big moment as it happened. And I was actually in a, I was on assignment in Las Vegas in a hotel and on, on deadline for something. And SNL was on in the background, as I often engage with the show at this <laughs> point. And I knew he was the host and musical guest. And He started in with This is America, and it was arresting just to watch him perform that. I mean, he was shirtless. He had young dancers around him, and like, and it was lyrically, it just was a, it was a very serious, very of 2018 song, and you couldn't take your eyes off it. I think it's really fascinating for you to share that snippet of what you were doing in Vegas. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you mean as far as what I was covering? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was there covering uh, Roseanne Barr, who was performing stand-up at the Orleans <laughs> Hotel. That, well, this is America, uh, isn't this, it? Yeah, it, it, I, was, I was near the main nerve of America, and then Donald Glover just put a jolt into that nerve. Which That's was, so interesting. Yeah. Oh, my God. So many things are going through my head. Um, but in that performance, <laughs> right, he is he's standing there, like you said, with his shirt off. He has these kids who are dressed like like school kids, like they go to a Catholic school or something. And they're dancing. There's these lights going around them, red and blue, reminiscent of, you know, police lights. And he delivers this song 
that has these very powerful lyrics seemingly about kind of the experience of living in America. And then at the same time on his Twitter and social media, he just like posts a YouTube link to a video. And it's a video for this song, This Is America. And the video, while it similarly has Donald Glover shirtless with kids dancing and enjoying themselves, there's so much more going on. What stuck out to you from the music video, Jen? The video directed by one of his longtime collaborators, Hira Murai, who, who also does. is a director mm-hmm. on Atlanta. And I really think this is a really exciting collaboration in terms of filmmakers and new talents. Hira Murai is a very exciting person to follow. And it's interesting that he comes from not feature films, per right. se, but from TV and now music videos. But what they achieve is a really, really stunning single location panorama statement. And very much like you're describing as an SNL performance, pretty simplistic, but high concept. And I was really struck cinematically at how well it just all flowed, how many ideas they packed into a really short space. And I think it's most exciting that this is an artist who's trying to provoke conversation and really seems to have a lot to say. Not that he didn't before, but now more than ever, we collectively look for deeper meaning and deeper deeper social commentary from pop artists. And it's nice to see somebody like him delivering when people like Kanye are giving us scoopity poop. We're going we're to get to scoopity We're going to get there. One of the things that, that stands out from the music video, right, is it's Donald Glover in kind of this hangar situation with... There's a lot of chaos going on around him and around the group of kids that are dancing, but they seemingly aren't paying attention to the chaos. And Donald Glover, he moves throughout the scene. And there's a couple moments where, you know, there's a guy playing uh, Calvin II, I believe is his actual name, playing guitar. And then they place a white bag over his head and Donald Glover shoots him in the back of the head. And then returns back to dancing and smiling, kind of very much in a step and fetch it, you know, Mr. Bojangles type of style, if you will. And then they continue going on, and then we see a choir in a room with, like, a plain background. Donald Glover comes into that room. He's laughing. He's, like, catching the spirit, the Holy Ghost, if you will. And then he takes, like, a machine gun and shoots them all, which I think most people have been hearkening back to the massacre at uh, Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina, in which, you know, a gunman came in and killed parishioners. But then he goes right back to dancing and enjoying himself and kind of being unaware of what's going on behind him. A lot of people have been saying that this is kind of, not only with the title being This Is America, but it is a is a kind of physical representation of some of the dualities that many of us have to live with being in this particular country with, you know, police brutality going on seemingly at higher rates than it ever has been, while also seeing a lot of people of color and diversity being kind of the name of the game in Hollywood. and Well, and also the, the genre that this music exists in. And hip-hop has this history of—I think it's no accident that he has so many ad-libs mm-hmm. from yeah. folks like— you know, like, we have Young Thug. Young Thug. We have uh, one of those other savages. Yeah. One of the savage rappers. Savage. That yeah. one. Race Remmers. Somebody from there is Quavo yeah, from yeah, yeah. Um, Migos. Yeah, yeah. they're and, all in here. Like I, I do think that's actually a really cool kind of thing for him to do because it brings those rappers who don't typically engage in such sophisticated social commentary into a different kind of expression. 
that opens the door for them to be more politically engaged. And I think it's really beautiful in, in what it's doing, as you're saying, these moments of violence, these moments of extreme peril. And in the background, you can see a figure of death riding a horse, yeah. followed by police cars. Yeah. There's all this chaos. It's chaos that is very familiar to uh, people of color, black men in America, black bodies in America, black bodies everywhere. And it is being distracted. The audience is distracted from focusing for too long on these scenes by the performer himself. We are following him with the camera. The camera is trained on Childish Gambino, and he is the one who we follow, much like the children follow him and emulate what he does. And so I think there's a lot going on in this video, and that's what I really, really like. Yeah, absolutely. And and I want to echo your point about Hiro Mirai as well, because I totally agree that this is a really fascinating moment for him, because, I mean, not just their collaboration on Atlanta, but he's been on Legion, and he did something for Barry. And you can tell when, after the credits roll, where there's a stamp on it that he's done, and what he's done with Donald Glover on This Is America is there is so much going on on there and it's so open-ended of just like how people can experience and interpret what they have. Like I was particularly struck by for those moments that you were talking about, Travel, where he executes the man sitting in the chair mm -hmm. after playing guitar. And then you notice with what care the gun is attended to after he finishes Same that. with the assault rifle. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a, a red, yeah. basically a red handkerchief if kind of evocative of a red carpet just sort of grabs mm -hmm. it away and mm -hmm. just like that's the thing that we care about and that's what we value and it just there was a lot about america right now in that video for people to pull from and i think that's why as you were saying earlier jen of just like it was it's just been seeding think pieces across the internet right so now. many hot takes and not all of them glowing i think it's worth noting right i think one thing i've i've pulled from a lot of the hot takes that i've enjoyed the most is people being able to rest in the complexity of this image Donald Glover has given us, right? Where it's not, this isn't Awaken My Love, his last album. This isn't, you know, probably his previous work that a lot of people, you know, aren't familiar with. This is something that very much goes in line with the work he's doing on Atlanta in terms of, of trying to provide kind of an unvarnished look at a particular type of experience that's not often given that space to exist. Um, and then additionally, the fact that he's doing it at the biggest point in his career that he has ever had, probably will ever have, I hate to say it, where, you know, not only does he have a black audience, he's got a white audience and everybody in between. I think that that says something to me in terms of the type of art he's interested in creating and the type of artist he's interested in being. I think while I am... Still tired of all of these, like, 70s suits he's always putting on. It's literally the same style of suit every time he hits a red carpet, just a different color. I think you're right in terms of he's shouldering a responsibility in his art. I wanted to uh, call up something that Miles Johnson, known online as House Mother, said in a piece he wrote for Noisy that I think published today, where he says the idea of creating images of black deaths in a time of actual viral black deaths being so routine due to police brutality and intimate partner violence felt irresponsible of Glover, but not inconsequential. The This Is America video felt both reckless and explosive, but that does not eliminate it from still being powerful and transformative for the audience. Black art rarely gets the space to be nihilistic. It usually must be morally sound and healing doing the work that is usually reserved for gospel music. This transgression by Glover felt intentional and like it was opening up a space for black art and artists that don't have the moral answers and can't offer upliftment. That kind of really 
resonated with me because I think it it allows This Is America to serve whatever purpose Donald Glover may want it to without asking for it to be like other art. Like, it, it, this is not a seat at the table by Solange where we're having this same similar conversation about the Black experience in America, but it's through kind of a alt-R&B type lens where it's perhaps a little bit more digestible, right? Well, is it like, like, would you liken it to Get Out? Hmm. I think, in a way, I would. Yeah, and I, and I think Donald Glover sort of put a dotted line to that by having Daniel Kaluuya introduce the song on right. SNL. I had also read, which didn't occur to me in watching the video the first time, but the closing shot where you see Donald Glover running through the darkness, that evokes the sunken place from Get Out. And yeah. <laughs> it just hit me. Y'all didn't have a cam. We don't have a camera in here, so you didn't see my face. But I feel that. Yeah. It, it's it, And it's... Yeah. It, there's something, too, and to your point, Jen, where you talked about the uh, confidence confused for arrogance in, in Donald Glover's work. That's a fascinating thing, particularly because of where he's at now, where he's definitely a man who can kind of take his art and his work wherever he would like to go because he has reached that level. But he's also somebody that I feel like as this sort of journey of him post-community began, he released those collection of hotel room notes that spoke to just the incredible self-doubt that he felt branching out on his own into these endeavors like that led to Atlanta and where Childish Gambino is now. So it's and I feel like that sort of duality at work with him, that may have fueled this very open-ended piece of art with This Is America as well, where there's a lot, there's a lot, there is a sense like you were speaking of, Travel, of just where there aren't really any answers given, but it's also just, I don't have the answers, but here are some visuals that will pose some questions and provoke discussion, which is a really interesting approach. And it's interesting, right, for Donald Glover to be the person doing this, having, I think, so much interest and eyeballs on him, especially as he was, you know, he's sort of kind of looked at in the same vein that an Issa Rae is looked at or an Ava DuVernay is looked at right now as being kind of representatives of Black people and Black art and what Blackness can look like voices. or should look yeah, yeah. different voices yeah. for the community. One thing Doreen St. Felix said at The New Yorker was that, you know, Glover was being called the lodestar of a consciousness, the most elegant translator of his generation's ID. Rather than simply accepting the designation and becoming a spokesman, Glover, the musician, has found ways to point to the absurdity of celebrity worship that attends his fame, right? So he's the person shooting, you know, all of the people, uh, the two groups of people in the video. He's the one who sent her and evoking, as I said earlier, this kind of minstrel-like attitude in his gesticulations and his body movements and his faces. And hearkening back to a time, but also very much being uh, of the moment. So that's like a degree of self-awareness and apology, but kind of like I feel there's some... Well, it's, it's a critique, know, it's like, right? Like, But it's a self-critique, too. Right, yeah. And he does the same thing on Atlanta, which is about the Atlanta. It's about a rap artist in Atlanta and the people around him, at least this season. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that he did not cast himself as that rapper. Mm. Mm. As everybody thinks deeply about that move. (laughs) I think one of the things from the video that a lot of people have been kind of pulling out is that so much focus is on Donald Glover and his movements and the group of kids that that is around him that people are kind of not paying attention to or distracted from the chaos that's happening which is the behind, point. Yeah. which which yeah. which is the point. But I also I found myself not distracted. Like the first time I saw the video, I did not watch the SNL thing 
But when I saw the video, like I couldn't finish the video personally. You tweeted something. You tweeted that. Yeah, I felt that I was. I, I tweeted was that disturbing. I was disturbed yeah. by watching. I, I couldn't sure. finish it the first couple times that I watched it. And part of that is because I wasn't paying attention to the dancing. That's not where my eyeballs were. You saw the things. I in saw the, the chaos in the background, and then when he starts shooting people yeah. out of nowhere, I was like, okay, first of all, this is all too real. Like I, yeah. like this isn't yeah. this isn't fake. This isn't a video. This is very much like real life that people are going through. And I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. And I've been to the church, First Emmanuel AME, where the individuals were killed a couple years ago. And so it feels very differently to me. But I think that's one of the purposes of art in general, right? Some people will be made uncomfortable. Some people can't deal with it. Some people know this experience all too well. Other people who have now come to be fans of Donald Glover or fans of Childish Gambino may not look at these things the real-life iterations of these things in that way, and perhaps they will look at it differently now that it's depicted in this video. I I think that, first of all, that's crazy. If I, like, I didn't know that you had been to that church. Oh, yeah, girl. My grandmother was a pastor, honey. Oh, my God. Like, I cannot imagine watching, you know, I'll click on the latest Childish Gambino video that everybody's, like, like, talking about. And then that happens like 30 seconds in. That's a lot. And I think it's a fair reaction to have to say this is too real in my life for me to enjoy this. And I feel like Donald Glover and Hero would probably like you should be disturbed seeing that. I think that's definitely like one of their intended outcomes of that video as you watch it. It's intended to provoke, but not in this is sort of leading into a transition to (laughs) the other star of our podcast. But it's intended to provoke, not in a... In anything that can be seen as an empty trolling-like provocation, it's intended to provoke thought and at least consideration about what you're seeing, what drew your eye. Did you notice the people in the balcony taking video of what was going on? Did you notice that death on a, on a horse with bringing hell with him in the, in the police car behind it? The fact that they all but announced like this is the new childish Gambino work and then did it on this platform of what amounted to a social snapshot of this moment in time was pretty extraordinary. I think he definitely feels complicit in some of this. And I think to your interpretation of where you described, like, the children are following the celebrity, they're following their lead, and all that's not going noticed because of the celebrity. I mean, I do feel like he feels very conflicted about that, and that's how we got to see that expressed. One of the things that stuck with me from the the last scene of the video that you all pointed out was a reference to Get Out was when I first saw it, I thought of, to your point, Chris, Of this moment in time we're in where we have so much access to our celebrities and we want everything from them. And I looked at it as, you know, a celebrity running away from the people searching for that leadership, searching for that idea of what they should do next, searching for some type of validation via their actions. And the celebrity, the person running back to some sort of privacy, some sort of of safe haven that does not necessarily exist in the world. They're running into the darkness. I think that's an interesting Away from the light. Or Um, even away from having people demand that you then provide the answers. Sure. Right. Exactly. Right. And then connecting that to the SNL performance, Childish Gambino walks off stage as the song ends and there's one little girl who's still dancing and then the lights fade to black on top of her. I could totally be projecting a lot of things right here. But, like, I felt that, and I was like, hmm. It made me go, hmm. (laughs) Anyway. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's. I think that's that was the intent of just, like, provoking somebody to be able to read into a lot of what he was expressing. I mean, there was, like, 
I was speaking with one of our colleagues upstairs who was like, why was Donald Glover shirtless during his performances? Why is his shirt open? What does that signify? I'm not entirely sure. I, I can say that just the image for what it evoked in me watching him perform This Is America shirtless and in sort of khaki-colored pants to me, it evoked images of from roots of just somebody. I was just going to say yeah. that, like of yeah. slaves, yeah. right? They would yeah. be shirtless when they were on the auction block. They'd be shirtless. Their bits would be covered in some type of nude-ish colored, or at least white people's nude-ish colored, <laughs> uh, you know, pant or covering of some sort. And that's what yeah. I think of every time he performs shirtless. Sure. Um, but again, I might be projecting. Now I want to jump into how this is America connects, if at all, to our wonderful friend and his antics, Mr. Kanye West, that have been going on lately. As we know, he reactivated his Twitter account and came out blazing, came out blazing with the hot takes that include but are not limited to how, you know, he's a free thinker and he has free thought. How Barack Obama was president for eight years and did nothing for Chicago. How Donald Trump has, you know, is the reason why he feels like he might seriously be able to run for president. He said that in an interview. He got a Make America Great Again hat signed, tweeted that out. And my favorite take of them all, which he said in an interview at TMZ, that slavery was a choice. Because apparently someone never read a history book. (laughs) I know the history books aren't perfect and they don't tell you everything about like slavery and oppression, but they got that one covered. Where do we start with this, you all? What do we say about this kind of happening, this reckoning that it would appear Kanye is having in public? Yeah, that's the big question. Where do you begin with him? There is a lot of people obviously adore Kanye West's music. And as a result of that and that relationship... I feel like various forms of him acting out and what I always took to be like he was a supreme troll. Like he was extremely good at one of those provocateurs who would do this when people expected him to do that. Mm -hmm. And just he was he was very good at that. And I feel like that was a reflexive response to almost apologize for what he was doing. Like, no, no, he's master provocateur. It's fine. And whereas now we are kind of confronted with like these, particularly with the slavery comments these indefensible positions that really just speak to ignorance. And there isn't anything that we can latch on to with, oh, Kanye's doing this, or this is all going to, it'll all be clear when the album comes out. It's like, no, these are, these are harmful statements that you are making, and they're harmful to your audience, right. frankly. So it's, yeah, I, I don't know where he's going. I don't know what he's doing. Um, I do know that where it's led thus far musically, the two songs that have come out since he reappeared, are not positive destinations. Like we've, I'm blanking on the title of the song, I think because the title doesn't matter, but Kanye says scoopity poop, like, or some variation of Poopity that. scoop. Poopity scoop. Boopity doopity boop. Yeah, it's not, it's. Something like that. It's just, it's nonsense. It's not a song necessarily by anyone's definition of who is trying to actually communicate something. I mean, maybe that's a troll move in that he now is like, this here, I'm not even going to try to communicate. Here's what I'm going to call a song. And that's like, but I don't know how that reflects any respect for his audience in some way. It's it's interesting because I think a lot of people engaged with him and they engaged with the type of Kanye that said, you know, George Bush doesn't care about black people during, you know, Hurricane Katrina and the type of person who would allow himself to be Jesusified on the cover of Rolling Stones, right? Allow, allow himself. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, just, it's just so interesting to now see 
I think, him seemingly co-sign a, an administration that would apparently not support or advocate for similar beliefs that he has espoused in the past. You know, when and that song is called Lift Yourself, and I, I do think he's trying to make a statement with that to the effect of, like, I do think he wants his fans to get to the same place that he's at, wherever that is, whatever he's doing. I don't think they're going to come with him. I, I, It's been such an interesting and problematic, of all the problematic faves, it's been a really interesting ride being a fan of Kanye. And I am. I, I like I really like his music. But it's moments like watching him go on TMZ of all places. Of all places, Jesus. Of all places. No shade. Um Perhaps. and at once, you know, like he's simultaneously sort of very earnest, you know, very earnestly trying to share some deep stuff like how he became addicted to opioids after having lipo because he was afraid of people like thinking he was fat which harkens back to like toxic side effects of celebrity that I think we seldom think about but then on the same show like TMZ Van Van Lathan Lathan, do we call them reporters are they reporters are they they no shade no shade I'm just trying to because I can see you kind of trying to struggle to give him a title you know what? I would now call him a reporter. I don't know what he does at TMZ, but I am very grateful for that moment that he had. Yes. He elevated up. to spokesperson at that point, really. You know, and, and he really, I think he really, um, I'm glad, I'm glad that was was recorded, that moment was filmed, as much as I am not glad that TMZ is something that I spent any time thinking right. about. But that moment, I think, was important in seeing, recognizing what is happening with Kanye in this moment of Kanye as a moment that should not be ignored and should be engaged with? It's really easy to dismiss Kanye. It always has been. Right. And I think it still even happened during this sort of Twitter flurry of where there are responses you would see of like, Kanye is sick. Kanye is mentally ill. Right. And, and which in a way is sort of diminishes where Kanye is at right now. I mean, there was a Ta-Nehisi Coates in The Atlantic did a so good. As he does. Oh, Ooh, so Lord, good. y'all, it was a magnus opus, child. Yeah. It was yeah, it long. Was beautiful it, story. But beautiful. And, and what something that he spoke, he first c- compared Kanye with Michael Jackson in terms yeah. of like the level of fame and the draw to a certain whiteness to be achieved mm-hmm. once that fame is hit. And what Coates did that was interesting is he drew from his experience of getting just what was a postage stamp level of fame as compared to what. Kanye experiences and certainly Michael Jackson experienced and how that affected him and how it's not really mental illness that when that happens, but it will mess with your head. Fame is fame does things to where like I to your point, Jen, where Kanye wants his audience to reach the point where he's at. Well, that's a lot of money and a lot of fame down the road. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the title of uh, Coates's piece in The Atlantic is I'm not black. I'm Kanye. Which connects to Jay-Z's song from 444, the story of OJ, in which he says, I'm not black, I'm OJ, right? And it's this idea of celebrity, black celebrity to be specific, and success and fame and perhaps what one what it does to one's mind, what it does to one's conception of themselves, and the types of things that perhaps they might say or do in order to stay there. Because a lot of people would look at Kanye and say, You are a black man from the south side of Chicago who has black kids. And though, yes, you might live in Calabasas right now, you know the struggle. You know that the things that Donald Trump and his spokespersons 
are saying and advocating for decidedly don't help those people. They don't help the South Side of Chicago. But yet he's saying them and seemingly okay with that. And he, he believes, he seems to believe everything that he said, despite a number of his other famous friends who we might call woke, you know, from John Legend to Charlemagne the God, et cetera. Everybody who's been you texting know, him. Jay Cole, exactly, because Thank he's been you. posting their texts. Thank you, on, all of online. Kanye's friends, for texting him. <laughs> but it doesn't seem to be working. And he thinks that everybody's just trying to control his free thought. And the truth is, and what you see in the Coates piece, is not everybody in America is free to think freely in a certain way. And that's a really sad reality. And I don't know. It's it's interesting because, like, I have sympathy for Kanye, not in, like, a I think he's mentally ill kind of way, but I have sympathy for him wanting to be free of certain burdens that he and many people just you can't elect to be free of. He do need a therapist. I'm not going. He need a therapist. We all need we therapy. All do. Therapy is great, and he should explore it. And we know he doesn't have one because he said in an interview with Charlemagne the God that other people are his therapy. Him talking to other people is his therapy. Which don't burden me as your friend with your problems. Pay somebody who has is degreed and certified to help you work through. So that. we should not text Travel. <laughs> When we are struggling with no. public meltdown. You you can. I'm just saying I am not a certified, you know, uh, uh, individual yeah. to help you navigate these issues. And I think this connects to Donald Glover's This is America in a particular way. The way I'm thinking of it is This is America is the, the precursor to a current iteration of, of Kanye West, right? Donald Glover at the end of This Is America is running away from this mob of of influence, of people yeah. wanting him to do some certain stuff, think a certain way perhaps. And Donald Glover runs into Kanye West. And Kanye West is the result of getting caught by that crowd. Of all of the shadowy safe corners that Donald Glover can run away from the mob into, free thought is definitely one option. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's because if you allow yourself to buy into the idea that you are the stuff, that you represent all black people, or that you are the spokesperson, right? You might get to a point where you feel like anyone trying to have a conversation with you about a variety of issues is trying to dampen your shine. Well, it's also this, like, sort of mentality of exceptionalism where, like, self-belief to, to when you are a, a, an artist who is striving for success— in a very, very challenging industry, or anybody struggling in any daunting sort of situation, sometimes you survive fueled by a self-belief that sometimes you have to generate yourself. And a lot of times that can lead to this sort of arrogant buy-in to a sense of exceptionalism. Well, I got to this degree of success because I am exceptional. Things do not apply to me that apply to other people. Do not lump me in with these other people. Right. It's that whole pull yourself yeah. up by your bootstraps because I did it without realizing that, okay, yeah, you did it, but everybody doesn't have the opportunity to do it. There's right. a way that lot you did it. going yeah. on yeah. here. And that's where Kanye begins to think that, no, slavery wouldn't have been for me if I were there. Like that's where this path has, the wooded path has led him. And I want to circle back to something that you said, Travel, with Talking to people is Kanye's therapy. I would like to invoice Kanye for how I've had to really, absorb this. And it's but really. 
I'm, he is not paying me enough to think about his motivations. <laughs> and yet, I have a question sort of for the table of like, does this recent round from Kanye affect your appreciation for his music? Um, a lot. This has sort of been the open question of 2018. There's bad behavior, bad sort of, I mean, both from a legal standpoint and just like with sort of social stances one takes where you you are forced to confront how you feel about that and if that affects your enjoyment of their right. music. I mean, I revisited some Kanye songs while preparing for, to talk to you guys. And yeah, I'm one of those people that I miss the Kanye from Power. I miss the Kanye from... Um, College Dropout oh, was yes. a moment. And, and even like... No Church in the Wild from Watch the mm-hmm. Throne. I mean, that Kanye is gone. And mm-hmm. what we what the Kanye that left is left for us is scoopity pooping his way through two minutes. And tracks. didn't he have a song that sampled Nina Simone's Strange Fruit um, yeah, on was, the last yeah, oh, that was on, on Yeezus. Yeezus, Yeezus on Ye- yeah. Interesting how life comes at you fast. <laughs> it's you know, I I'm one of those people who I want to allow space for people, particularly who have to do it in public, to grapple with things and to be messy, complex, complicated, you know, human beings. I I want them to allow that space because unfortunately, because of the society that we live in, where we have Twitter, where we have social media, where we have, you know, paparazzi all over the place, they might not be able to do that in private. And so I want to allow him that space. The problem with that for me, though, is how he now in a way has become kind of a linchpin or like a spokesperson or he's that happy Negro, right, that white people use to say, well, Kanye West is on our side. My black approval rating just went up by three points. And it's like it went from like 1% to 4%. Calm down. Trump was very excited about it. He tweeted about it. He tweeted about it and is using Kanye and Kanye's, you know, semi-endorsement of him and support of him to say, I'm good for the blacks. When policy-wise, we know that not to be the case. And that's the problem that I have with him working through whatever he's working through in public. But I, I want to give him space to do that because it's important. But it is remarkable, I will say, to at least have an artist like Kanye West in his current moment doing what he's doing in public and also have a Donald Glover and what he's doing in this moment exist at the same time. I hope we won't do too much of a comparison between them and we just allow them to exist. But I I like having them both here and everybody else, right, who are choosing to engage in this conversation in their unique, different, varying points of views because, you know, Black people are not a monolith and we don't all think the same. And that is a silver line. Jen is giving me squinty eyes. Like, girl, what you talk about? I'm not squinting. I'm just Asian. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that was like I was agreeing with you because I was just thinking about how tempted a lot of people were when This Is America came out because of the proximity of timing. Right. To declare Donald Glover the Kanye that we like the new Kanye. Exactly. Or like to compare the two of them. Which is unfair, and it kind of always happens. I think there are a lot of comparisons of Donald Glover to, like, Kendrick or other artists frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that impulse comes up in music a lot. It goes back to, like, I don't know, Beatles and Stones. And I miss the old Kanye, but I don't want to turn, like, Childish Gambino into the next Kanye. Right. Mm. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not ready for Donald Glover to do the heel turn three Seasons of Atlanta from now. Oh, right. wrestling. Uh, That's a wrestling term. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. We got everything in this podcast, you guys. But who knows? I mean, 
would anyone, after seeing Kanye West say George Bush doesn't care about black people, who would, if you were in Vegas, would you put money on him getting a Make America Great Again hat signed? X number of years later from that moment. It's this weird overlapping of two reality celebrities who seem to have some sort of, con- you know, Kanye and Trump, who connect on in a way that, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of makes sense in a sad, weird way. It does. And, I, you know, and I also want to put it out there that it is important to point out that Kanye West is now a man of a certain stature, certain wealth, certain, you know, status that allows him in a lot of ways to perhaps look at some of Trump's perspectives and policies on, say, business, for example, and say Trump is a good person, right? So his vantage point is now changed because he's living in Calabasas with the Kardashians and life looks different than when he was on the south south side of Chicago. If nothing else of just where Kanye is now and where he's going, I think anyone can agree that his perspective is compromised by the level of fame and the sort of insular nature of that right now, particularly like once you factor in the Kardashian element of just like what unreality that is Mm. on the the day-to-day basis of just like, and how many years in are we of him being sort of immersed in that? And again, not to psychoanalyze him, not to excuse where he's at, but just... That is a factor of just, like, what's happening right now. We are a product of our environment, no matter what our environment looks like. And it is important to kind of allow all of those things to coexist at the same time when we are talking about a Kanye or a Donald Glover or, I don't know, Janelle Monae and Dirty Computer, which you should listen to because it's amazing. So will you—I want to connect that to— Connect. I want to connect it to (laughs) this conversation. I think the question that that Chris asked us, what do we do with Kanye now? What do we do with his music? Do we do a similar thing that we hear being done to R. Kelly, right? Where, you know, the Mute R. Kelly um, campaign where they're asking for supporters and advertisers to pull out of supporting him and for there to be investigations into all these allegations of sexual misconduct with him. Do we wash our hands of the situation like that, too? Do we stop engaging in the ways that people have stopped engaging with the Cosby show in a different world because of Bill Cosby? Like, what do we do? Well, you're also talking about two different things, like right. political mm-hmm, mm-hmm. extremity versus criminal allegations. Right, right. Um, and so, like, I am all for muting R. Kelly and Cosby and never watching an episode of Cosby show again. But with Kanye, I feel like it's a much more human predicament and— mm. I think he's still so influential that his voice is important. And if he can be, I don't know, if if he can be engaged in these things that he's, as you mentioned, he seems to be sorting out in public. Like, I I don't think hope is lost. Well, we will soon find out. Get me therapy to deal with this. You got to talk to me as your therapy, according (laughs) to Kanye West, because, you know, very Very competitive rates offered. Listen, okay. (laughs) With that being said, thank you both for joining us at The Real this week. Where can the people find you alls on the internets, Chris? I am on Twitter at Chris Barton. Oh, I am on Twitter not at Chris Barton, but at, at Jen Yamato. And I was, I was just like thinking when you said that. This week's The Real was like the real. It was the real, real, real. It got pretty you real. Know? And I'm Travel at Travel Anderson on Twitter. Thank you all so much for joining us, and we will see you next week.